Amen. Psalm chapter 84. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go there. Psalm chapter 84. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. And while you go there, I want to say what an amazing Easter week that we had. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Week was so good to our church from Good Friday to the Easter extravaganza on that Wednesday night where we had well over 200 people on our campus. Praise the Lord. We had 95 children. Amen. That's a lot of kids. Come on. We can give God praise for that. 95 children. We had over 200 people here. It's just an amazing week. And then Easter service, all in COVID culture, we were able to do it. We, we, we did it, and it was a success, and praise God for that. I'm going to speak this morning on a message that's really near and dear to me called the Valley of Baca. You know, it's, it'd be really easy if we only lived on, on um, the mountaintop. But we have valleys that we tend to face from time to time. And it's what we do in those valleys that can make our faith strong. Psalm chapter 84, verses 1 through 8. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. This is David right now. David's praising God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Again, wouldn't it be great this morning if we never went through valleys? Amen? Come on, am I the only one? Wouldn't it be good if we never faced a valley? If we lived on the mountain every day of our life where everything was hunky-dory, everything was good, everything worked out just right, no problems ever. Life is easy just as it could be. When I was younger, we went on vacation to see the Grand Canyon. Has anybody seen the Grand Canyon? What a beautiful rock, right? I mean, you go, you have to see it. If you've never seen it, you need to go. But when you go, it's like, man, it's just a big boulder. But we went. And uh, we're, we're there at the Grand Canyon, and um, we, we, we go up real high and several thousand feet, stand on the side of the mountaintop, and above the clouds where the sky was blue and the sun was shining, even though down below it was cloudy and gray in the valley. It was great while up on the mountaintop, however, we knew we couldn't stay there because even in late spring, you could easily be stranded on top by a storm. The valley was a place we knew that eventually we had to go to. And spiritually speaking today, our walk with God is often the same way. 
He allows us to experience from time to time the wonderful heights of the mountaintop, yet to only come down to the lowest depths of the valley. And sometimes we wonder why we must go through it, why God has to do it that way. Have you ever told God, God, if you would have done it this way, it would have been so much better? Am I the only one? Why must we walk through the depths of the valley? Again, let's, let's remind ourselves, the Lord never promised there wouldn't be valleys, just that he would be there to walk us through it. The truth is, valleys are a part of life, and every person will have their share of problems, troubles, and valleys, regardless of how, of how isolated some may appear to be from such troubles, rest assured that they too reach those places where they wonder why. But let me tell you something, many times we can learn more in the valley than we can on top of the mountain. It's just a matter of, are you willing to open up your ears and listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking? Norma Jean was a person who appeared to have everything. The most famous men in the world courted her, even the presidents that desired her. She made millions and millions and millions of dollars. But on the inside, she was hurting. On the inside, she... She, there's just something wasn't right. And she only wanted people to see the mountaintop in her. She never wanted to see the, the, she never wanted people to see the valley in her. Most of you don't know her as Norma Jean, but rather Marilyn Monroe. And she lived her life wanting everybody to think that everything was okay all the time. When really down deep inside something was wrong that she wasn't willing to talk about. And there's many people today who live in the valley but only want people to see the mountain. And did you know that in order to get over the valley, to get through the valley, sometimes we have to talk our way through it. We can't hold it in because what we hold in one day will come out. And if you let it build up and build up and build up, at some point it's going to be too much for you to take. Psalm chapter 84 is a song of pilgrimage. It's about going on a journey. Every Jewish male was required to worship at the temple at least three times a year, if at all possible. For many homes, it was the highlight of the year to be able to go to Jerusalem and see the sights and sounds of the big city, to be able to enter into the temple and see the splendor of it. Many traveled great distances and endured hardship to be able to make it there. The, the way was sometimes hard, but they would sing, and they would worship as they traveled. Did you know songs can do that? Did you know that they can bring encouragement to a weary soul? Did you know that songs can lift you up? That's why we sing. To lift each other up in the promises of God. Music has power. Which is why churches all across America, the biggest attack on the church is the music ministry. You have the music minister of heaven who allowed envy and pride inside of his heart and got himself kicked out, taking one-third of the angels with him. So it makes sense now why most churches' biggest fights are always involved in and around music. He knows what he's doing. Which is why we must use the weapon that he's trying to use against us, against him, and use it when we're in the valley to sing and to praise God. Because it's through our praises, it's through our singing, it's through our worship that the hardest parts of our journey can seem easy. This psalm is expressed with a deep longing for the presence of God. 
to be in his house, to be in his courts, and to dwell in his presence is the object of this psalm. For many of them that traveled, it was like a homecoming. They would see people they had not seen for a while, but still the highlight was to be in the temple of God, worshiping and praising him. This was their reminder that the God of the mountain was still the same God of the valley. And that no matter where you are, we must worship the king. How do I know that? Go back to the, to the passage, not to reread it again, but listen to what David is saying. They're about to walk through the valley of Baca. And he's saying, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my God and my King. They're about to endure hardship and the only thing David can do is give God praise for the situation that he's in. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they traveled outside of Jerusalem, there was a valley called the Valley of Baca. Most of the pilgrims had to pass through the valley to make it to Jerusalem. And I've heard several ideas about this valley. Some people think it was a garbage heap, a dump. The pilgrims pass by. Other people believe it takes its name from the balsam tree. So balsam trees grew in really dry places. So it's believed that the Valley of Baca was a harsh, dry place that would test the patience of the pilgrims as they journeyed to meet with God. Have any of you been through a valley that's tested your patience? Yeah? Such a valley exists between the Jordan and Jerusalem. The balsam tree at a certain time weeps its sap. Which is why the Hebrew word for baka means weeping. It's a place of great sorrow. We too tend to come to those valleys of Baca in our life on our way to our new Jerusalem. And I believe we could all agree that we've gone through a time in our life where we have encountered something that's not only tested our patience, but it's created weeping and crying and sometimes great sorrow. And those valleys we face can be caused by loss, by grief, by pain, by thinking there's no way out. And when, it, when we come to those valleys, let me tell you something, church, don't ever think that there's not a way out but rather that there is something that we can learn while we're there sometimes it's the valleys not the mountains but the valleys that make us stronger in our in our faith but only when we're willing to listen so what can we learn in this passage about the valley of Baca and our life um, verse 6 says clearly what number one should be as they, what? Pass through. When I read this, I'm reminded of the story about the old country preacher that was asked what his favorite part of the Bible was. He replied, my favorite part is the one that says, and it came to pass. Someone told him, well, that didn't make any sense. Why not choose a passage like the 23rd Psalm? 
or the golden rule? And he replied, those verses are mighty good too, but I like, and it came to pass. He was asked, what is so special about that verse? He said, because no matter what valley I have to go through, I know that it came to pass. Do you realize that the valley isn't somewhere that we are to make home? We are not to make a dwelling in the valley. We are not to set up camp in the valley. If we choose to make camp in our valley, we become a slave to Baca. And let me tell you something. I don't want to be a slave to my sorrow. I don't want to be a slave to my weeping. I don't want to be a slave to my grief. But I am only passing through, learning what the Lord wants me to learn in this season so that when I pass through my sorrow, I can get back to the mountaintop in the presence of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Loss doesn't own me. Grief doesn't own me. Does it stink? Absolutely it does. I hate going through those things. I hate going through all of those different emotions. But I'm not a slave to my depression. I'm not a slave to my fear. Why? Because the song says, for I am a child of God. We are just passing through, learning what we can on our way to the mountaintop. And while we must from time to time journey through dry and harsh places on our spiritual journey, things that test our patience, it's good to remember that those places are not my home. Because my home lies in a place where he will wipe every tear from my eye. Where there is no more pain, no more sickness, no disease, the place they call glory. The valley is not my home. Amen. We know that Satan comes to steal. We know he comes to kill, to destroy. It's good to remember that he isn't there to help. It's good to remember that the one thing he loves to do from a Christian is to steal their hope. One of the biggest lies that Satan says is it's not going to get any better. They're not going to get saved. It's always going to be like this. He comes to steal your hope. But just like we learned last week, the promise of that empty cross was the promise of hope and salvation. That we have hope in Jesus Christ. And as long as Jesus is my dwelling place and not the valley, there is nothing that I will face that can steal my hope as long as Christ is my hope. You have Naomi. After the death of her husband and her sons, she felt this way of losing Hope, watch what Ruth chapter 1 says. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Her name, Naomi, meant delight or delightful. Because of the situation that she went through, she became bitter and wanted to change her name to Mara. Watch what Job said in Job chapter 6. Oh, that I might have my request that God would grant what I hope for. Now stop there. Just go, go back to 8. Usually when somebody prays that, I've got something good coming right behind it. Right? Oh, that 
I might have my request that God would grant what I hope for, a brand new, right? But watch what he said, that God would be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut off my life. Then I would still have this consolation, my joy and unrelenting pain that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. What strength do I have that I should still hope? What prospects that I should be patient? Do I have the strength of stone? Is my flesh bronze? Do I have any power to help myself? Now that success has what? Been driven away from me. May I tell you today that Satan's desire is to steal your hope. And if you allow yourself to live in the valley, and if you allow your hope to be stolen, you too, like Naomi, will become Mara and become bitter. And you will lose your hope. And you won't have any strength to continue the journey through Baca. Some people are chronic complainers. All they do is want to complain. They set down their roots in the valley of Baca with no intention of moving. They camp to wallow in their sorrows, satisfied with their self-pity. It's no wonder Jesus asked the impotent man in John chapter 5, Do you want to be made well? Almost as if to say, are you happy in your valley? Some people get comfortable in Baca. And that isn't the place to say. Remember, I'm on pilgrimage. I'm on a journey. I'm on to a place called glory. Baca is not my home. God has designed you for something better. So church, can I say, I'm just passing through. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Paul is saying here that our troubles, that our valleys are only for a moment, especially when it's compared to the eternal weight of God's glory. That's why the pilgrims needed to remember that as they're traveling through Baca, that's why David in the first five verses is giving God praise because he's not going to allow himself to become bitter because of the valley that they're about to go through, but rather he's going to give God praise because it's through his praise that they're going to be able to pass through. Amen. Number two thing I want you to understand is the pilgrim can find rest in Baca. The rest of Psalm chapter 84 verse 6 says this, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. How many of you like springs and like pools? Yeah? That's a nice place to be. For a vacation, we enjoy going to the beach. Why? Because the water is just soothing. It's calming. Even if I don't get in it, because they have these big um, things in there called sharks, and I ain't about to do that. But I'll go out on that sand, and I'll sit, and I'll watch the water for miles and miles and miles. Why? Because it calms my soul. So while passing through Baca, he's saying they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. You see, when the American West was opened up, many a traveler passed over the rich earth that lay on top of the state of Nebraska. The dirt was rich, black dirt, but they could see no water anywhere. They thought this land would be good for nothing. One writer even called it the Great American Desert. Some even died while on their journey for lack of water. But Nebraska 
if you know it, has been called the breadbasket of our nation. More wheat and more corn are grown there than almost any other state ever. What happened? What made the difference was that those early travelers could not see. They failed to realize that under the ground was an underground lake, an aquifer that laid under two-thirds of the entire state. The, someone got the bright idea to dig down and they found the water that they needed to turn the great American desert into the breadbasket of America because you see some of the water that you need to refresh um, your soul some of the things that you need to get through the valley of Baca is just a little bit under that dirt and what we got to do is we've got to dig down and get it we have to dig down into the promises of God's word because there is a well of comfort in the word of God. But we typically just open our Bible and read the verse. Oh, that was good and close our Bible. And we don't dig into what the verse actually means. We don't dig into scripture and find the meaning of this word and the meaning of that word. And what's the context? Why did he say that? What is this scripture really speaking to me? Someone once said the Bible is like scratching the earth with a hoe. You can dig the potatoes just out from the surface, but to dig the diamonds, you have to dig deep. You will find promises that will offer you encouragement, promises that provide for your healing, promises that will bring you comfort while traveling through the valley of weeping. Secondly, we must dig into the presence of God through prayer. It's great to be in the temple worshiping and praising God. Aren't you happy to be here today? Isn't it just so nice to not be at home, but to be in the presence of God inside the building? Not to take away from anybody watching online. We appreciate you joining with us. But I'm telling you, there's something about being in the presence of God in the house of God. Amen. And, and number three, we need to dig deep into the grace of God. I've seen it again and again when people go through trouble that when they dig deep, they get close to God. I've seen mothers whose husbands have left them alone growing stronger in God instead of allowing Satan to beat them. I've seen those who've lost a loved one grow stronger and find more grace to, because they dig deep into the grace of God. And let me tell you something, church, and I'm going to say it twice because I don't want you to miss this. God's grace is enough. His grace is always enough. We're told in 2 Kings chapter 3, the story of the alliance that um, King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and Jehoram, the wicked king of Israel, made to attack the king of Moab. They traveled through the wilderness of Edom and picked up the king of, 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 e of Edom who traveled with them for seven days until they reached a valley of no water. Jehoram said that God was going to deliver them into the hands of Moab because they would die of thirst. But King Jehoshaphat called for Elisha to ask them what to do. So Elisha told them that he heard from God and told them to fill the valley with a bunch of holes, to dig a bunch of ditches. Well, that would seem like a strange request, right? But they obeyed, and the next morning, the entire valley was full of water. Because sometimes to get the blessing from God, we have to make a way for the blessing of God. It took them just a little bit of faith when they didn't see any rain coming to dig a ditch that would hold the blessing that God would send them. 
Sometimes when we're passing through the valley of Baca, it takes some, um, 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 takes some faith on our part to say, God, I know your blessing is coming, even in my valley of weeping. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some time today as I'm digging into your word and as I'm, I'm, I'm praying to you and as I'm worshiping to you to have a little bit of faith to make room for the blessing that you're about to send. The valley you may be in let's be honest, may even be due to your own fault. King Jehoshaphat knew better than to make an alliance with the wicked king of Israel, but he did. But God did not forget about him when he needed him the most. God provided grace. So can I tell you, when you're traveling through, when you're passing through, you can find rest. Just dig deep. And number three, and we're about to close. The pilgrims, as they were traveling, I want you to watch verse number seven. They go from what? Strength to strength. Because as they're passing through the valley, their strength increased. Now, you're right. It is amazing. Why? This is the valley of weeping. This is the valley of sorrow. This is the valley that tests my patience. But what did they do before crossing the valley? Let's not forget our context. Verses 1 through 5. They praised God and gave him thanks. Did you know that when you praise him, even in the valley, that your strength can be increased? Did you know that? While we don't like the valley, it's in the valley that, our, um, uh, that, that the faith is exercised. And we grow. We go from victory to a victory. From strength to strength. Every situation that we overcome means a higher strength to overcome what's next. You have the Bible that says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm says, send me your light and your care. Let me, let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. The valley doesn't own you. Because at some point in your journey, as you're pilgriming through, your valley will become your mountain. Because you passed through, praising your way through it, you allowed it to refresh your soul, and you allowed your strength to be renewed. But only when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, even in your valley. Nowhere are we promised an easy journey home. There is a time of weeping. And you know, Abaka means to weep. But just like the pilgrims of the Old Testament times, we too go through dry places on our way home. But just as God did for them, he can still do for you.
They go from strength to strength. But now watch what it says. They're going through the valley of Baca. Place of weeping. Place of great sorrow. They're hurting. Tested their patience. Can you pull back up Tyler verse number seven? They go from strength to strength. But watch the second part of it. Till what? Each appears before God where? Up on the mountain. Because at some point in your journey, your valley will become your mountaintop. Don't make your dwelling in the valley. Learn what the Holy Spirit has asked us to learn. And go to your mountain. We are walking in the power that God gives and walking in the place where God lives. Sometimes we wonder if we'll make it. The way is so hard and rough. There's disappointments, dangers. But over and over again, we, we seem that when we're overwhelmed, we get our second wind. God supplies new grace. The Bible even talks about greater grace that he gives. And greater grace appears. Why? Because the Lord knows what we go through. The Lord knows the situations that we face. The Lord knows how hard it can be sometimes. But the Lord also sees the faith that we have in Him. The Lord also sees the trust I have in Almighty God. And He rewards the trust and rewards the faith so that greater grace is given to me so I can pass through my valley. Someone needs to hear this right now. You have been weeping for far too long. You haven't forgiven yourself. Maybe it's the job that you need. Maybe your marriage needs healing. Maybe it's a child or a loved one that has gone away from God. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're in the valley. But let me tell you, the valley is not your home, so stop making it your home. You're only passing through. And I want to pray for you today. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, if I've said something this morning that has meant something to you, that you're in a valley, that you need the Lord to speak to you and provide comfort and peace and strength, that you are tired of this valley, you're tired of sorrow, you're tired of weeping, and you want your faith to be increased. Would you slip your hand? There's hands all over this room. 